You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Yes, we have been going through the book of Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews, all summer, all summer long. And you guys, as I've been thinking and praying about what God has taught us this summer, go ahead and quiet down, quiet those side conversations. Thank you, thank you. Um, As I've been thinking about what God has been doing this summer through the book of Hebrews, what I've been learning is that the book of Hebrews is all about Jesus. Like, Hebrews elevates Jesus. Talks about how Jesus really is the biggest deal, And it elevates Jesus. It tells followers of Christ to put Jesus in his rightful space as number one in our lives. And so the writer of Hebrews, as we're getting to the end of this race, he's saying, hey, there's one more key to running your race. There's one more thing, and this is it. Find me in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. It says, therefore... Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. The writer of Hebrews is saying that through Jesus... Remember, we've talked a lot also about sin this summer, and sin is any thought, action, or behavior that is disobedient to God. It's it's any area in our lives where there's an absence of God's presence, and our sin has separated us from a holy God. But God saw us in that state. He saw what we were going to earn, what we were going to deserve, and he had compassion on us. He loved us. And so he sent Jesus, his son, fully God and fully man, to live here on earth. And the perfect life that Jesus lived when he was unjustly put to death on a cross, paid the price for our sins. And then three days later, Jesus rose from the dead, defeating sin and death and shame forever and offering you and me and this whole world a relationship with God for eternity. That is the unshakable kingdom that the writer of Hebrews is saying through Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, you are receiving an unshakable kingdom. Come on, right? That is so, such good news in this world where it's, it seems like everything these days is so shaky, right? Everything is so fragile. You can't trust anything, right? It's sinking sand. The writer, the word of God says that we, as in Christ, believers in Christ, are receiving an unshakable kingdom. In Romans chapter 8, it says that believers in Christ are co-heirs with him in the kingdom of God. In Colossians chapter 1, it says that through Jesus, we have been transferred from the domain of darkness into God's kingdom of light. And so the writer of Hebrews says, if this is our reality, if we really are receiving an unshakable kingdom, then the only response, the natural response, the only one that makes sense is to worship. 
And in verse 28, it says that we are to worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And this, in verse 28, the word worship is this Greek word that is Latreo. So I don't speak Greek, so don't come for me. <laughs> Probably terrible pronunciation, but it is this Greek word, latreo. And um, in order to, we're going to do a little Greek lesson here. Where's Danielle? Danielle, want to come up here? Can we welcome up Danielle? <laughs> so Danielle, Danielle and I, hello. Hello, you want to say hi to everyone? So, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, so this Greek word, latreo, okay, it's a verb, meaning that worship is an action, right? It's not something that we passively do. We don't sit on the sidelines. We actively choose to worship. And for us today, this Greek word is more commonly translated for us as to serve. So the call on our lives is to worship, is to serve God with everything that we have. So here's how you remember this word. Okay, ready? Okay, ready? I got another joke. I'm excited about it. Who said, oh, God? Okay, oh, <laughs> love, love you, sister. All right, ready? Okay, you guys. Danielle, I have a question for you. Sorry, I got to think about it. Okay. How, how, how is your school lunch served to you? Pretty bad, actually. <laughs> Pretty bad, actually. Okay, 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 okay. All right, well, bad news for you, but good news. In the kingdom of God, are you ready? In the kingdom of God, your school lunch is served to you on a latreo. Thank you, thank you. Was that good? Much better, much good. Can we give it up for Danielle? <laughs> All right, you guys. Wow, Christian is like, oh man, I don't know if he's in secondhand embarrassment of that. That was, that was good. Sorry, you guys. I really, I had to go for the cheesy, you know, like River and Eric. I think Christian is really like secondhand embarrassed. Shame to me. It was good, Andrew. Okay, thanks, guys. Hey, you're going to remember this now. Latreo is this verb. It's this action. Worship is an action. It's something that we choose to do. And again, we're called to worship God, meaning to serve him with our whole lives. And I love verse 29 that it says that our God is a consuming fire. I love that because it means that we cannot contain God. We can't only give him some parts of our life, right? God is a consuming fire, and he is worthy of us worshiping him with our entire lives. So for the rest of our time together tonight, we are going to talk about different ways that we can worship God. And as we go through these together, I think you'll, you'll hear some of them, and you'll be like, okay, yeah, like I can get behind that. Like, that sounds cool. I'm comfortable worshiping God in that way. Let's do it. But I think there's going to be other things that we talk about tonight that are going to be a little bit harder to think about, maybe a little bit harder to accept. And I want to challenge all of us tonight as one of your pastors, as one of your leaders who loves all of you so, so much and wants the best for you. I want to encourage all of, it, all of us tonight, let yourself be challenged and as you maybe start to feel a little discomfort, maybe if you're uncertain about something, instead of going back to the safety of your comfort zone, I want you to lean into it and ask God to do his holy work of conviction and transformation in your lives. Sound good? 
I was talking to Joe Tahatra, our amazing student worship director, a lot about tonight's message. You guys know her, you love her, and this is something that she said to me that I think sets, up, sets us up so well for the rest of tonight. She said this, we should all be pushed to experience God in ways that we're not totally comfortable with or used to. So get your notes ready, get your Bibles ready, and let's be open to how the Holy Spirit is gonna challenge us. Sound good? All right, the first way that we can worship God is with our songs. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Friends, God invites us to worship him with our songs, with our mouths, the breath in our lungs that is from him, the the lips, the mouth that he gave us. He invites us to use those good gifts that he's given us and almost like return it back to God in this amazing display of praise. And the book of Psalms teaches us so beautifully how we can worship God with our songs. Find me in Psalms, it's like to the left of Hebrews, way to the left. Psalm 107 verses 21 and 22 say this. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and for his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Friends, worship, especially worship in song, always starts with who God is. And there's something so beautiful about us worshiping him in music, in song. And, and something that we don't talk about as much today is that the like OG champions of musical worship especially in biblical times, were armies. They were people going into battle and they would literally bring like instruments and they would sing on their way to battle. And it was a way of them preparing for what was coming. It was a way of declaring God's victory, that they, the victory that they already have in God. It was a way of them declaring that over themselves as they went into battle. And for us today, there's something kind of beautifully similar about what we do when we worship together in song almost every time we're together, right? It's like we are declaring who God is, and we are declaring victory in God as we also prepare for the spiritual battles that you and I are promised we will face in this world, And so that is part of the beauty of musical worship. And so what do we do about it, friends? There's some stuff that we got to talk about, that we got to change, especially as we are beginning more and more to um, come into this B building together every Wednesday night. So here we go. Okay, ready? When it's time for musical worship, when we get to do that together, it is not a free concert. Okay, like it's like not something that you like walk into and you're like, okay, cool, like the drums sound pretty good, you know, like kind of like, oh, they're singing pretty good. It's, it's just not a free concert, okay? It's not the time to be on your phone. It's not the time to be on Instagram or TikTok or whatever you're doing. And it's definitely not the time to be talking with your friends about anything other than Jesus. 
So what do we do when we worship God with our songs? I'm gonna give you some ideas. Number one, focus on God. Focus on him. The atmosphere that's created with musical worship is designed to help you on a heart and soul level slow down and focus on God. Connect with him in a different way. And what you can do with these beautiful lyrics that we sing week in and week out is you can sing along. I invite you to sing along. And you can also close your eyes and you can really listen to what we're singing. And I want to challenge all of us to Ask God to make those lyrics our prayers. And then I want to challenge all of us as we're doing this, as we're focusing on God, as we're connecting with him, closing our eyes, singing along, I want you to raise your hands. And I know that might come with a little bit of fear, maybe a tiny embarrassment, not really sure, like what are other people gonna think about me if I do this? And you guys, when we raise our hands in worship, it's, there's nothing like just special about you just raising your hands, you know, I'm doing it right now. But when we do it in worship, it's an outward picture, something that we're doing with our bodies externally to display what's happening internally in our hearts. So when we're experiencing God's holiness, we can't help but throw up our hands. Maybe we're, we're wanting to surrender ourselves to God and maybe that's why you see people sometimes on their knees or swaying, just lifting their arms, raising them. So the next time, this is our challenge, HSM, the next time that we are together worshiping God communally in musical worship, I want you to limit your distractions and not be a distraction to others. Do whatever you need to do to make that happen. And then focus on God, close your eyes, sing along, and raise your hands. We can worship God with our songs. And the second way that we can worship God is with our reverence. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, it says that we are called to worship God with, oh, sorry, we're called to worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And you may be thinking like, oh, reverence, like that's kind of like a fancy word, like oh, where's my tea, <laughs> you know? And don't let that word intimidate you. Reverence is just that cool fancy word for deep admiration, respect, honor, and awe. And if you think about it, if God really has given you and I an unshakable kingdom through his son Jesus, when we hold God with reverence in our lives, he's exactly where he's supposed to be, right? And I think too, for the follower of Christ, when we talk about reverence, there's also an element of humility that's there. Because we're recognizing that compared to ourselves, God is so much bigger, he's so much better, that we fall short of his glory and we give him rightful praise. So we are to worship God with reverence. And friends, you and I were created by God for so many reasons, and one of them is to worship him, right? To worship and experience him. You and I were created to worship. But our sin, we've been talking about this a lot, right? Our sin has messed everything up. So, so not everything works quite right. And so what happens for you and me today is that we so often worship the wrong things. We worship things other than God. And so I want you, I'm gonna paint a picture here for a second and I want you to go there with me. I know it's like a little cheesy. It's not another joke, I promise. Um, <laughs> but I want you to think about your heart. 
Like literally think about your heart. You can, you can draw it if you want. Draw your heart. And then picture a throne on your heart. Picture that throne. If you and I were made to worship, think about the throne in your heart. God is supposed to be there. But you and I, so often, I'll be the first to admit, we just kind of like kick Jesus off the throne of our heart and we put something else there. And I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe it's relationships, what other people think of you, intelligence, money, success, sex, friendships, whatever you put on the, what I wanna ask us all tonight is, what are you truly worshiping in your heart right now? What is on the throne of your heart? And if it's anything other than God, I want to encourage you to bring that to the light tonight. Share it with your life group, share it with your life group leader, bring it to the light so that God can help you put him back on the throne of your heart. So as we worship God with our reverence, that leads us into the next way. We worship God with our obedience. And I don't know about you, but every, the first few times I heard this, I was like, really? <laughs> with our obedience? I don't really know how I feel about that. I don't really know if I'm down for that. And this didn't really click for me until I met my friend, um, a good friend that I have, she lives in Oregon, and um, I met her a few years ago. And before I met her, she did not have any friends. And that was completely by choice. And as I got to know her better, and as I learned more about her story, I realized that I didn't blame her. I didn't blame her for choosing not to have friends. Because throughout her life, the people that she should have been able to trust, the people who were her friends, they betrayed her and they abandoned her, they hurt her. She was abused and hurt and so she said, I don't want anything to do with community. Like, I'm good. I, and she lived a life, she will tell you today, she lived a life of isolation because she did not trust community. But then, she started to give her life to Jesus. She started learning more about him. She started taking her faith more seriously. And she started to trust Jesus with her whole heart. And she said, okay, God, tell me then how to live my life. And as we look at God's word, something that we have talked about in this series, is that one of the things God calls his followers to do is to be in community. And so for my friend, she was like, Jesus, I don't want to get to know other people, and I don't want to give other people the ability to hurt me. I really don't want to be in community. I'm scared. But because she loved Jesus, and because she wanted to honor him, and because she trusted that her heavenly father knew what was best for her, she launched into community. And she started sharing who she was, her story with me and a few others. And what came out of that was so beautiful. And she will tell you today, she's, she's so grateful that God challenged her to get out of her comfort zone, to face her fears and trust community. And I think, friends, when we really love, honor, and respect someone, when we hold them with reverence in our lives, we honor them by doing what they say. And for my friend, I tell her to this day, I'm like, man, I want to obey God like you do because of your trust in him. I want to worship God like you do 
to do the things that he asked me to do, even if I'm not totally comfortable with. So friends, think about your life as we're wrapping up this summer, and especially I know some of you started school and maybe as you're seeing more people in your classes, is you think about your life. I want you to ask Jesus, how is God asking you to obey him right now? How can you obey God right now as an act of worship? So think about that. Share that with your life group tonight. And then we're gonna talk about one more way that we can worship, the last one. We can worship God with our love for others. God's goodness and his mercy, he's so good, he's so good, that when he gives it to us, it doesn't just stop with us. It should overflow. God gives his mercy and his grace, his justice, his, just his goodness. It, he gives it to us generously so that it overflows onto others. And that's part of the call that he gives us for our lives. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12, verse 2, I'm so sorry. It says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And then later, skip down to verse 16. It says, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Friends, we can worship God by loving others the way that he loved us. And this topic, just like everything we've talked about already tonight, is worthy of its own sermon, of its own study. So I encourage you to dig deeper, go reach out to your life group, explore more. So I'm just going to leave us, though, with this one thought about loving others. Actually, two. I'm sorry, I lied. (laughs) First of all, I love that in verse 16, it says that by doing good and sharing with others, loving them, With such sacrifices, God is pleased. I love that the idea of sacrifice is here with love because something that I've had to learn is that love is usually inconvenient, right? Like it usually involves some sort of sacrifice on your end for the sake of showing love to somebody else. And friends, as you're thinking about, well then how do I love others? How do I love them? Think about this one challenge. Be generous. Be generous the way that the Lord has been generous to you. And I think when we talk about generosity, a lot of times we think about money, and I am absolutely talking about money. Shout out to all you student workers out there. If you have money, be generous with it. But even if you don't have money, or even if you do have money, I would say be generous with your time, with your attention, with your effort, and with your words. Friends, Put your phone down and really talk to other people. Listen to them. Read God's word and encourage them in Christ. And this way that we love others is gonna be so radical. It's gonna be not only an amazing way to worship God, but it's also gonna be a way that you can show who God is to others. Friends, tonight we talked about four ways to worship God. We can worship God with our songs, with our reverence, with our obedience, and with our love for others. And friends, I know maybe you're sitting here, like me, and you're like, okay, well, this kind of sounds like a lot, Claire. Like, I don't really know. The life of worship is always, always worth it. Remember that worship always starts with who God is. And if he has given us his unshakable kingdom, 
It is the natural, it is the obvious response to worship him with our whole, whole lives. And sometimes, friends, it will be hard to worship. I get that. It's been like that for me for the past couple weeks, if I'm being totally honest, and I didn't think I would get emotional about it, but um, there's spike, oh my gosh, it's so embarrassing, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, there's like been a lot of stress in my life lately, and um, in seemingly all areas, and especially health, and uh, my grandfather, two weeks ago, went to be with Jesus, and um, especially in those moments, friends, it's like, God, I don't know how I can worship you right now. And I think sometimes when we go back to who God is, you know, we're singing like, you are good. God, I don't know if I believe that. Friends, even if your worship is just a whisper, even if you're worshiping with a broken heart, God will meet you in that place. He will walk with you through it. And I believe that as we go back to who God is, as we trust in him and pursue a life of worship, I believe that Psalm 16, 11 is going to become the promise that we cling to until our worship, until our faith is fulfilled in heaven with Jesus. This is what it says. Psalm 16, 11, God, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you so grateful for your goodness and your mercy, how you've given us your unshakable kingdom through what Jesus did for us, everyone in this room, everyone in this world, on the cross and through his resurrection. And Jesus, I pray that you teach us how to worship. I pray that you be moving in hearts so that we can worship you and just walk deeper and deeper into the riches of your mercy and of your love as we do so. We love you so much, Lord, and we pray for powerful and intentional life groups tonight. We love you, and it's in your name that we pray.